1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Welcome back. What is today? Today's Thursday, right? It is. Okay, cool. Red Thursday Thursday is
3: what it is.
2: (laughs) It is. I need to remember that. Somebody remind me at 2 (laughs) o'clock that I need to (laughs) change clothes and make my way over that way uh, coming up a little bit later. Yes, it is Red Friday. Um, There's a lot to get to about the game. Um, Let me just point out, because I feel like we need to do this every day, that we are closely watching events out of Israel. And updates out of Israel. Without doubt. And
3: there's a lot. Uh, I mean, just this morning, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken arrived uh, as a, in a show of support for Israel. And this is after a couple of days worth of speeches from the president showing support for Israel and from Congress doing exactly the same. So clearly, the U.S. is making its intentions known here. Uh, but what we're also seeing is the number of Americans dead has now risen to 25.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And there's a gambit going on right now. And I guess this is the most important piece of it in in terms of what's happening on the ground and the loss of life involved on both sides. Because we talked yesterday about the fact that the hospitals in Gaza were out of power. Uh, And in fact, they were out of fuel to run generators, which means they have no options for power. They're now running out of medicine. And the reason why Israel has decided to continue to allow them to founder in this way is that they're using that as a bargaining chip for the hostages that Hamas is now holding. So what they're saying is, we'll turn power back onto the hospital and we'll help you save lives, but you've got to let the hostages go. And as yet, Hamas isn't doing that.
2: I was just looking um, at TikTok, which, again, I spent entirely too much time on, but is becoming a better source of actual factual information. The Daily Mail now constantly has a live feed of the Gaza of the Gaza siege, they call it. I don't know exactly where their camera is stationed, but it's weird now because it's nightfall. And so it's weird to see like black smoke coming up over a city, even though it's night or almost. I don't think it's quite almost pitch black, but it's dark. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the other thing that we saw this morning is that the State Department now um, is trying to make it easier for U.S. citizens who want to get out, even if they're not direct to the U.S. They've got commercial flights that they're just trying to get everybody, get everybody out of there. They're also looking at contract options to get citizens just to other countries, even if not back here.
3: Yes, and and also, I mean, those efforts also being run through the State Department, uh, as normally would be the case. I mean, that's, that's not out of bounds. But the State Department is all over this, trying to get anybody who doesn't absolutely have to be there out and in right now i mean in terms of americans there really isn't anybody who has to be there except for the secretary of state so for the time being he'll get the lay of the land and i'm sure have plenty of talks with benjamin netanyahu about that situation and about how to bring it to a a quicker end but at this point it seems that all of the options all of the uh, all of the decisions that can be made to to bring this to a, a, a faster conclusion are in the hands of Hamas, and right now they're not doing anything. Um, it, there is an effort right now in certain areas of Gaza City, uh, the particularly economically depressed areas of Gaza City, where uh, Israel is now sending troops and sending police forces in to try to round up the actual human beings, the actual people who were involved in the initial incursion. The, the the thought is that they ran back to Gaza and they're effectively hiding in the slums. So right. Israel's decided to try to go in and get them. This also has the potential to end very poorly.
2: And on that note, um, we'll keep an eye on it. Again, I'm not aware of any formal comments being made, but that doesn't mean anything. It can always happen. So we'll keep you updated uh, on whatever we hear about today. On to other very important matters. We have a winner in fat bear week. We'll get to that here in a second. California, again, is the home of the big winner in Powerball. And wasn't it the last one? The guy that won $2.02 02 billion that we talked about buying all these houses yep. and stuff, he also was out of California.
3: Yeah, Central Coast, if I remember correctly, yeah, mm-hmm. like along, uh, what is it, Interstate 5, the Pacific Coast mm-hmm. Highway that goes, uh, yeah, uh, and it was one of the little towns that dots the landscape in between Los Angeles and San Francisco, which is a wide swath of coast. But yeah, he was kind of right in the middle of there. And sure enough, again, was it a $1.67 billion was the final tally on that?
2: Indeed, yeah. Yeah. Um, The winning numbers, 22, 24, 40, 52, and 64. The Powerball was 10. Uh, The ticket was sold in Fraser Park. I do not know where that is in California. I would have to look.
3: I'd love to help you out. (laughs) We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: Um, Up in the mountains. uh, They just said,
3: I'm sorry, where? Uh, Up in the mountains, uh, Fraser Park. So I'm looking if you go. Yeah, along I-5, again, uh, a little bit south of Bakersfield, so about maybe 100
2: miles north of Los Angeles, maybe less. Okay, Um, the owner said, the night worker said the phone's been ringing off the hook at this little little Midway Market and Liquor store where it was one, and they think it was somebody local. This isn't a place where you just stop when you're headed on the highway. This is somewhere you'd have to be living there uh, if you were going to stop there, so... I don't remember if California is a state where you have to be public about your identity, but boy, I doubt it.
3: Yeah, it seems to me no, uh, yeah. because honestly, the one that we were referencing a little while ago uh, and as I'm looking at the map, yeah, it's Highway 101 that goes along the coast. I-5 is kind of inland a little bit, but San Simeon it rings a bell uh, and it's right in that neighborhood, you know, almost dead center in between. And I think that's where the last one was. And I believe that that name was never revealed either.
2: Yeah, I think we eventually found I mean, he eventually we eventually found out who the last winner was. Yeah, because I, I mean, there are pictures of him. So we'll see if we find out who this person is. So it rolls over now back to a small amount that, of course, makes no impact on people's lives if you win it. So uh, we'll see what we hear about that today. We have a winner in Fat Bear Week. It was not any of us. Aww. None of us picked it. Oh, Bucky Dent didn't win. I'm depressed. You know in a day where there's a lot of darkness in the world i like that this exists (laughs) i like the fat bear week is a thing um it is Katmai national park which is up in alaska again that's where if you go to explore.org this is where they have the live cameras that are aimed at the river where the bears sit there and pull salmon out of the river and just eat them and it's just a cool thing to be able to watch so they put a bunch of bears up on a bracket and you can vote which one you like the best and this year's winner they say is a defensive mama bear who has successfully raised two litters of cubs and who often preemptively confronts and attacks much larger bears, even large and dominant adult males. Uh, Her name is 128 Grazer, they all have numbers and some of them have names, but not all of them, but she does. Uh, She blew her final competitor chunk straight out of the salmon filled (laughs) waters. They both like to fish. Oh, it was a big difference. 108,000 votes to second place was 23,000.
3: And if I'm not mistaken, Chunk has won before. I think Chunk won a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big rivalry, but I like the fact that they say she'll go after larger bears. I picture her standing there with a wooden spoon going, "Uh uh-uh, honey, no, (laughs) no, no. no." (laughs) Yes.
2: Um, So it wasn't, yeah, we all, all four of us, Niven's got in on this too, but none of us picked. None of us picked the one. So, oh, well, um... Okay, we mentioned the Chiefs game is tonight. We'll get to more about it coming up maybe at the end of the hour. There is news about Taylor Swift. If you watch um, some of the clips of the um, New Heights podcast that Travis and Jason do together, Last night, they posted a one-minute clip. And if that's not a one-minute dating profile for (laughs) Travis Kelsey, I don't know what is because it's just awesome and cute. So we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But it is a home game, which we should be grateful for.
3: Oh, yes, we should. Not only because you get to go tonight, which is very cool, but because if this were an away game, I mean, if they were flipped and we had to play in Denver later in the year, yeah, play in Denver this weekend and play back home later in the year, it would not go well tonight. There are areas just north of IC in Colorado that are expecting 14 inches of snow Ugh. tonight.
2: Is that the front range? Because the front range, are we talking, uh, the front range is basically northeast Colorado. It's yeah. that whole upper quadrant. It, it, yeah, they always it,
3: get snow. They, right, they, and they're calling it the Central Mountain region, uh, areas with elevations above 9,000 feet where the heaviest snow is expected. So this would be, the, the mountain towns that are now under a snow advisory include Aspen, Granby, Breckenridge, oh. and Vale. Uh, okay, that's not at all front range. Okay. They're going to get, uh, those areas are going to get a smaller amount, though. They're looking at maybe four to six inches of snow. The real heavy stuff is going to be uh, northeast of there. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of days. And uh, it looks like this is the first major snowfall of the year in Colorado. And like I said, we should just be happy that Thursday night football happens here.
2: It's funny too, because um, I'm always amused at, once you get into Western Kansas, it's basically Colorado. I mean, get west of Manhattan and it becomes very much um, like the landscape between Denver and central Kansas. The mountains don't hit until you get west of Denver. It's very weird, but then Mm -hmm. then you hit hit the mountains. And then we have I-70. It makes me wonder, is this gonna come into Kansas at all? Because I mean, there are stop arms that will go up over I-70 as you head out into Western Kansas just because the storms hit there so much that they have to close I-70 so often. And
3: they just say, no, you're not going through. Sorry. They just
2: block it. Too bad. Yeah, go. Go a different way, yeah, but not I-70.
3: Weather here tonight, though, should be. Uh, I believe I heard the word mild, so it looks like the, the storms, whatever storms are headed here, are going to hold off until after the game. Although, looking outside right now, it wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of spits of rain during the course of the day today. Uh, but yeah, during the game, it, it is the one thing that they did say is it's expected to be very windy.
2: Yay. Um, Wendy and I heard like storms maybe toward the very end of the game. We're gonna have scattered storms a little bit to the during the day. It'll be fine for tailgating. If if you are going to tailgate this game on a Thursday afternoon because you don't have to work or you took the day off, you, you'll be great for tailgating. And then it might get a little nasty. So um yes all right speaking of that taylor swift's cardigan is making news I, i won't drag that into this now but the cardigan that she was wearing most recently is selling out already all right we'll take a break here coming up we'll go to oklahoma the reason this judge could be removed what this judge was doing during a murder trial that could get her in a lot of trouble get to that coming up here on kmbz yesterday we were talking about or a couple of days ago we were talking about the problem sometimes with judges who haven't eaten sometimes giving sentences or um, not allowing parole for people that they otherwise would because they're hangry. We thought that was bad. Now we go to Oklahoma for this judge who's only been on the bench since January and what she was caught doing in the midst of a murder trial.
3: (laughs) And the great thing about this is there is a camera directly over the judge's head that's pointed down over her head So it's, I mean, and and she's the judge. You'd think she would have to know that that camera is there. It's looking directly at her desk, at her notes, at whatever she's doing, you know, with her hands or whatever. And what she was doing with her hands was texting the bailiff who's on the other side of the room. And apparently this went on more than 500 times back and forth during the trial as they were commenting to each other about
2: what was going on at the trial. And we should point out i mean this was the fatal beating of a two-year-old that's what this trial was yes not that it matters i mean any trial if if you're that defendant <laughs> you know if you're in that courtroom it doesn't matter what you've been accused of but that's whats uh that's what this was so it's not like um, it wasn't
3: a serious offense
2: right right so this happened in july um and we can just read to you some of these texts that now have got her in a lot of trouble So the judge's texts included saying the prosecutor was sweating through his coat during questioning of potential jurors and asking, why does he have baby hands? Uh, The text described the defense attorney as awesome and asked, can I clap for her? During the defense attorney's opening arguments. Uh, She also texted a laughing emoji icon to the sheriff who made a crass and demeaning reference to the prosecuting attorney's private parts.
3: Great. That's what you want the judge and the bailiff to be focused on during a trial. Now, um, it should be pointed out here, if you're wondering, okay, yes, this was a serious crime. It was a child abuse case that ended in death. Why are they joking back and forth with each other? And why is she calling the defense attorney awesome and hacking away at the prosecutor's? It's because, not that this is an excuse, I mean, this isn't valid, but uh, the reason she might not have been taking it as seriously is that the woman who was on trial was not the one who was accused of of killing the child. She was accused of enabling child abuse, and the judge apparently did not like that detail, didn't like that, in her opinion, the prosecutors couldn't believe that the mom could do it by herself, and so they were just going after anybody else who had any connection to it at all, so... The judge went into this apparently, according to these texts, with exactly the same kind of preconception
2: of of the case that a judge should never have. And it was a jury trial, so maybe she figured, "Oh, I don't have to render a judgment here anyway. I don't have to pay that close of attention." Yeah. Uh. What? Yeah. How How'd you like this to happen?
3: Uh, objection, Your Honor. Uh. What? What? I, I'm sorry. What did he sorry. say? Yeah. I ju- no you 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 have to kind of you're the judge it's on you to pay attention to everything that's going on in front of you which she obviously wasn't doing and they're they're gonna get rid of her for this
2: oh what are you thinking yeah what are you thinking boy we've done a lot of stories this is the first time we've ever done a story about a judge frankly we don't do stories about judges very often it just doesn't come up very often where they do things wrong
3: no this is a new one. The last time that I remember there was a, a case where a judge was uh, was under investigation for misconduct that happened on the bench. It was a judge who was alleged to have fallen asleep several times during many different trials.
2: I remember that.
3: Yeah. and, and But but that was, I, even at that point, that was such an anomaly that we were going, really? I mean, sure, we all could use a nap every now and again, but <laughs> th- th- it's ridiculous to have that happen during a trial. So in this case, I mean, she's actively not only ignoring what's going on in front of her but also i mean making crass comments like she's you know in an episode of mystery science theater just there hacking on what's going on at the trial and she and the bailiff
2: shouldn't the bailiff be t- paying attention to what's going on too well and i so do we know how this came to light Do we know how this was found out?
3: I'm guessing that it was the prosecutors lodged some sort of complaint and they went back and looked at that videotape because, as I said, I mean, the tape, you can see her phone full on. There's a still shot uh, from the Associated Press at the beginning of this and you see somebody. In fact, it's the defendant who's in the witness box at the time
2: and the judge is sitting there shooting a text. The reason I ask is, is it possible? I, I wonder who reported this. Was it was there a moment like we said where she was asked a question and had to like and it happened a couple of different times (laughs) and and somebody thought what is going on is it possible she held her phone up it wouldn't take a lot for her to hold that phone up and be seen from the front doing it i also wonder if the bailiff reported it you know and i wonder if the bailiff at some point could have just not responded and just ignored those messages could be
3: Um, yeah, because the the only thing that we have for sure is the security video, but Mm -hmm. my guess would be that the prosecutor started getting really antsy. If, if she was that, uh, if she had that much animosity toward the prosecutors, it probably showed and they're looking at her going, wait a minute, she isn't even paying attention to what's going on here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would
2: be my guess is that whatever complaint came, it probably came from them. So she sent more than 500 texts to this bailiff during this murder trial. Uh, The Chief Justice of the Oklahoma Supreme Court recommended, uh, her name is Tracy Soderstrom, recommended that she be removed. So far she has been uh, suspended with pay Pending the outcome of a hearing by the court on the judiciary, which will determine whether to remove her from the bench.
3: And the the charges that they're looking at are gross neglect of duty, gross partiality in office. Yeah, somebody on the text line just said, aren't judges supposed to be impartial no matter what? Yes. (laughs) Yes, they are. So, yeah, that's what they're dinging her for, too, is gross partiality in office and oppression in office. So, yeah, they're taking this very seriously as well they should. How did this trial end? Convicted, right? I believe she, yeah. Oh boy, you know, I, I thought I had seen that earlier and I'm not sure. I believe she was.
2: Yeah. Um, Christian Tyler Martzall, who was on trial while the judge was on her phone, was eventually convicted of second degree manslaughter. So, um, if I am his attorney and this is coming to light, I am, not that they're, they're going to appeal anyway. Sure. But now I would move to like vacate the, I don't know if I'm even using the right verb, but throw that, Throw that the um, out. conviction out. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, it's going to be interesting, too, because the partiality that the judge was showing was partiality toward the defense.
2: And it was guilty anyway. And she was yeah.
3: guilty anyway. So, it could, I mean, yes, you can go back and file an appeal on that and you'll probably get one. But would it change the outcome of the trial? Probably not. I mean, if the judge was giving your side a leg up and your side still lost, do you really want to take that back and try it again? But they, they likely will.
2: So then I wonder if, um, if the court will go back, she's only been on this bench since January, so this wouldn't be that difficult to go through. Will somebody in the Supreme Court or whoever has to, will an intern or whoever's job this ends up being go through Every time she's been in a courtroom since January to see if this was the only time this happened. And watch, I bet it's not. Sure.
3: And, and watch those videotapes every single time. Yeah. You, you've got to figure if she was if she and the bailiff were already involved in this. And, it, you know, that also makes you wonder, were they involved in other ways too. Uh-huh. you know, maybe outside the courtroom. But if they were doing this during this trial, th- it, yeah, it would be hard to believe that that was the first time they had ever had such communications. And all of a sudden it exploded into
2: 500 text
3: messages going back and forth.
2: Uh, the petition against her also said she had previously criticized other attorneys and prosecutors and berated a member of the courthouse staff. What a peach.
3: Yeah, her text also wow. included comments questioning whether a juror was wearing a wig, if a witness had teeth, and calling a police officer who testified
2: pr- as uh, calling the officer pretty, adding, I could look at him all day. I hope you enjoyed that 10, month, 10 months on the bench. I hope that was fun for you because that TikTok. that's going to be it. Yeah. All right, uh, a few thoughts here, 913 586 7798. Still to come this hour, uh, we go to the University of South Dakota, who has alerted the campus community about a problem that has happened not once, not twice, but six times on campus. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ.
1: well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
2: phone number 913-586-7798 All right what on earth is going on at the university of south dakota and what are they doing about it
3: yeah, not much apparently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a weird one because this was a part of a very short article that came out of Dakota News Now, which is a statewide news organization in in, uh, in South Dakota, and it came out because there was a, a reported sexual assault at the University of South Dakota in Vermillion, and uh, the, it, it turned out that the assault is alleged to have been. What it sounds like is it was a date rape, an acquaintance rape, and again that that doesn't lessen it. I mean, right. rape is rape, right? So, but but they're saying, okay, well, in within a couple of, sentence of sentences of each other, according to the university's message, the assault was perpetrated by an acquaintance, and law enforcement does not believe there's an imminent threat to the campus community at this time. Okay, that's fine for them to say that because of this particular incident. But right. a couple of lines up in the story, it says the University of North or South Dakota notified the campus community Wednesday morning of a sexual assault that took place in a residence hall on campus last Saturday. This is the sixth assault this semester, which started in August. This is a month and a half, and they've had six sexual assaults. This one notwithstanding – Uh, for them to say there's no ongoing threat to the university community seems to be a little premature.
2: So I'm Googling to see if I can find, and Colin, you might be able to help me with this, um, the stories of the others. Okay, so here's the one. Oh, darn you, paywall. Uh, Let's see if I can get around it. (laughs) Um, Because the, the head, I can't. I don't know if you guys can maybe try. but Because there's a headline here that says, after the fifth sexual assault at USD, and then I can't. I can't get to more of it. So we'll see if we can learn more about it Um, here. But out of the Rapid City Journal, can I get to this one? The headline on this was, yeah, University of South. This is dated September 25th. University of South Dakota has an average of one sexual assault every seven days since school started.
3: Uh, And and for them to say, well, we don't think there's any ongoing threat. Clearly, there is one. And I I think this. This is not just a problem at the University of South Dakota. That's not the only place yeah. where sexual assaults go on on campus. You you would have to be incredibly naive to think that. That's a very high number for a fairly small school. And, and I think this is what happens when you get into an insular community like that. I mean, we've talked so much about uh, you know, campus police departments and the fact that for for a long time, this has been a complaint from women who have graduated from colleges saying that this kind of thing was ignored by campus cops. And the, uh, the, the fact is that most campuses that have a campus police department, those campus police are employees of the school. Mm-hmm. They work for the school. So if the school tells them, we don't really want this out there then it's going to be the campus police who are going to help them sweep it under the rug. And if, if that's what's going on here, it's not the first time that this has happened by far, uh-huh. but it's an ongoing trend that that happens way too often where they'll say, oh, it's okay. It was just a date rape. They'll put it in those terms and say, well, you know, it was the thing that got out of hand and, and we're taking care of it internally.
2: Oh, man, so much here. Okay, if you if, if you would be the parent of a woman, quite frankly, at this school, what do you think? What would you do if you were in that situation, particularly if your daughter was in the residence halls? So I've got the list of the first four. We need to find out about the fifth, but here's the list of the first four. And then I wanna talk about um, the gap between when these happened and when the campus community was alerted about them. So the first was August 25th at a fraternity um, in Vermillion, of which there are seven. I don't know what that means. There must be seven fraternities. Uh, happened August 25th, reported to the campus community in a warning August 29th. What took them? Four days. The second was September 3rd. They're right. This is one a week. September 3rd in a residence hall was reported five days later in a campus warning. Third was in a residence hall uh, and was reported a day later. And the fourth was also in a residence hall and there was a warning a day later. So three out of the first four were in residence halls, one was in a fraternity. Um, so. I ask, what can a university or what should they be doing differently at this point when you know there have been six? Um, Yeah, Colin, that list is what I just came out of. I don't know. I don't know what the fifth one was, but at least four of them were in residence halls.
3: Sure. And and that means, well, a lot of things. Number one, I mean, do you make it easier? Is the reporting system effective? I mean, okay, it it was reported. They think they know who did it. Fine. What's going to happen to him? is he out you know did they kick him out of school do they report it to the the actual police in town and have them get involved in it or is it still what we're talking about from years past where they just say this is something we're handling internally and we'll take care of it because that should never be allowed to happen it's a crime
2: correct even if it's not been um uh, even if you're you haven't fully investigated yet, even if you don't know who you're looking for, even if it's just been reported, it's a safety issue on campus. I would you still want to alert the campus community of that? Right. Here's the first thing I say: no more, no more men in residence halls. Although now I say that I don't know how many of these are co-ed. I guess I assume they were all female. Yeah, That's they, where your problem
3: is. They, yeah, they could very well be. Um, and yeah, even keeping it out of the residence hall may only mean that it's just going to happen somewhere else but you know the the real issue at the center of this is that if you have six of them so far that have been reported how many i mean we know from listening to police over and over and over again tell us most of them are never reported so how many have have actually happened just so far this semester which as we said has only been going on for about a month and a half and then uh You add into that the fact that the university has a vested interest in keeping things like these quiet. The more that this gets out, the fewer recruits they're going to be able to bring onto campus next year, and they know that.
2: Yes. Isn't the way, though – I'm going to put my PR hat on for a second. If you're worried about that, isn't the way to fight that? To do – police need to do a news conference, or whoever needs to do and make a big deal out of it and say – We're aware of six that have been reported. Here is what we are doing about it. Here is what we are doing to keep your kids safe. Male or female, here's what we're doing to keep the campus safe. That's
3: the sensible thing to do. Yes, <laughs> what what right. happens all too often is that groupthink takes over and they think, okay, uh, what we really need to do is keep this as quiet as possible. When you have a report, yes, you are it's incumbent on you to tell the rest of the university community, okay, this happened. Yes, we're aware of it. Yes, we're doing something about it. But you're going to try to keep that uh, out of the out of the press writ large. And, I mean, even a case like this, if it wasn't for the Dakota News Service picking this up, right. then we never would have known about it either. Um, so th- they they decide if you make a big deal out of it, I guess the philosophy is if you make a big deal out of it and they do a press conference and the, mm-hmm. the head of the campus police comes out and says, yes, we're taking this seriously and we've got a problem here that we're trying to solve, then if you're a parent living in another state or living in state and you see that, you're going to go, mm-hmm. oh, they have a rape
2: problem on that campus. Well, I'm not letting my daughter go there. And there may be some truth to that. I was just gonna say, I think they do have a rape problem on campus. I think that's absolutely accurate. Um, To the point that I even ask, there's gotta be a board of higher education in South Dakota. This is a state university that oversees universities like that. I feel like the state, board needs to start an investigation into what's happening on campus without doubt
3: uh and like we said i mean they've said over and over again they're not alone they're not the right. only campus where this is going on let's go to alex and kck who's got a couple of words to say about this hi alex
5: good morning
3: thanks for taking my call you bet what do you know uh,
5: okay well i'm a i'm a student at umkc i have been forever uh and umkc has an independent police department because they arrest somebody on campus they put them in a holding cell and KCMO comes and gets them. In the meantime, anytime there's an assault, or a power outage, or snow, whatever, you know, campus is closed, you get a ping in your campus email that says, "Alert! Alert! You know, this is going on. This is going on. Take cover. Or whatever." Uh, and they're really good. Wait, and that's you,
3: that's the way it should be done. By the way, when you mm-hmm. say independent, does that mean they are not? Who pays their checks? Who who signs their you checks? Yeah, that's the
5: question. I'm not sure about. Okay um but i you know i i do know from being on campus so much i've seen people get arrested yeah and i yeah. take them over to the jail and then you know da da, da, da da they either let them go or they go to jail so right yeah and uh, there's been several shootings and let's not forget ku how long ago was that right. a year ago
2: uh, let's not forget that ku just recently um john you might have been gone we talked i, I when we talked about this, but let's remember that there was a an assault off campus recently. Yes. Um at right. like two in the morning where a guy climbed up and got onto the balcony yeah. and got in that way to somebody's apartment.
5: Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, Alex, thank you, you. Know you don't. thank you. Well yeah. you know you don't you don't know if it's a student and another student or if it's somebody that's just doing it. Right. you, know, some, you don't know. Some weirdo okay, from outside thank you guys.
3: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for the information. And and that's Exactly the system that should happen. Too often, as we said, the, the police departments on campus are, are employees of the university. If he's saying they're independent at UMKC, and, and I have no reason to believe that they're not, that's exactly how it should be done. They should have no connection whatsoever because of the obvious conflict of interest of protecting the university's interest over protecting that of the students, which should never happen.
2: I'm on the Facebook page for the University of South Dakota Police Department. There is zero word on this page of any assault that's ever happened. Sure. They've not put those alerts up. They've not put, you know, and and I'm gonna go to what should the university be doing about it for a second? Um, Even if they need to do it quietly, you know, even if they don't have to announce that they're doing it, it, it just hurts. You want your first priority to be the safety of students, not your image.
3: Yes. But, but but if you're the one that's that's cashing the, the tuition checks, your interest is going to be protecting the uni- university's image, which is why they should have a wall between them. The university and the police department should have a wall in between them. I mean, communicate, sure. But having the checks signed by the president of the university should never happen.
2: 913-586-7798 if you want in here. Uh, we'll take a break. A little bit more Chiefs news to get to. We'll do that before the end of the hour next on KMBZ. Again, proof that the internet is listening to you all the time. Um, We were just talking about the story out of the University of South Dakota about six sexual assaults now, most of them in residence halls on campus just this school year, just this semester. Uh, Axios just had the story. Bumble, which is the dating app, is distributing safety kits on college campuses. Uh, equipping them with drink spiking prevention kits and safety alarms. Um, let me see exactly what these are, because uh, I don't know what they, the safety alarms attached to keychains and light up and ring when detached. Um, the drink product is like a scrunchie that fits over the top of your your glass so that you know whether it's been tampered with when you get back to it. Uh, it's, they teamed up with Nightcap, which is a company that distributed 1,000 drink spiking prevention scrunchies to the University of Texas student government, so that's where they're starting. That's
3: cool because it doesn't look like you're testing your drink. Right. When those first came out they were they were little test strips like uh, like litmus paper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they, they were about the, the same length and all of that. Almost like what you use to test the water in your uh, in your aquarium. but obviously it's not testing for pH, it's testing for drugs. But it's obvious that that's what you're doing when you dip that in there. Having that means that you could put that on there and it just looks like you're being cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't look like you're necessarily accusing your date of something he didn't do.
2: Or like, I think about like, it's the kind of thing I put over my wine glass sometimes yeah. if I'm outside to keep bugs out of it. Sure. It, you know, it kind of looks like the same thing. And I like the safety alarms. You know, anything you can do to make it easy to call for help, or at least this is what, again, this is what I learned. The most important thing I learned in self-defense class is that sometimes you just need a distraction. Sometimes just the sound of an alarm is enough to get somebody to leave you alone because they don't know what that alarm means and and what's going to be a consequence of that. So um, they are going to distribute hundreds of these kits all over. I think they're, again, I think they're starting at the university of Texas, but good. Good more for will them. Go out.
3: Yeah. And it, 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 that needs to be a much wider effort nationwide. It, and that's the thing. Um, if you're looking for a way to stop that PR from chipping away at your university's, image then the way you do that is with national efforts like this recognize mm-hmm. that it's a problem everywhere do something about it everywhere and then you're not singling yourself out
2: and get ahead of it before there is a seventh
3: or just admit that you have a problem i mean yeah that would be the ideal thing to do but you know people are going to protect their money
2: Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. uh ashley is on the line in kansas city hi ashley
4: Hi, guys. Uh, first and foremost, girls need to learn how to protect themselves and know how to protect themselves so that they can. Uh, when I was at Mizzou, we had a very strict girl code. If we went to a club together, we all left together. I had to throw a girl in a cab one time because she thought it would be a good idea to get in a van full of guys and go to an after party with that. That did not happen, that's not going to happen when I'm with them. If you had a date with somebody that you didn't really know, then we would go and then say, hey, I'm going to Heidelberg or whatever for dinner with this dude. And we would all go and set at an adjacent table. We were always very aware of each other and what was going on. And that's what we need to be teaching girls. When I went for freshman year at the dorm, we had a big, um, basically a dorm meeting. Our first night there, talking about safety on campus, talking about how we needed to be so that we would know that we were safe. And that's what University of South Dakota needs to do. They need to say, They don't even need to necessarily say, hey, this is a problem that we have, but they need to say, hey, we want to keep every woman on campus safe, every man on campus safe. And this is steps you guys all need to make sure that you're taking in order to do that.
3: Yeah, you do it at orientation. I mean, duh, right? I mean, (laughs) And and yet they don't. And that's why you and I and Jamie and all of the rest of us are sitting here going, well, yeah. And they're going, no, 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 we can't do that. That's admitting a problem.
4: Well, and if this is the problem, like it sounds like it is, where is student government? I was the president yeah. of my dorm. If I knew that this was going on with campus, on campus and nobody was doing anything about it, I'd be raising holy hell. Yeah, you're right, though. That's, yeah. Yeah, where is student government?
2: So they do free self-defense classes at the Wellness Center on campus uh they team up with student organizations on sexual assault prevention trainings and they hosted a training Monday night so this week that they said had more than 1200 students in attendance
3: yeah and that tells you something right there i yeah. mean the fact that the students know and they've gotten alerts you know th- this is the first of these alerts that has gone out and become you know much more widely scrutinized probably because it was the first notification we had that this has already happened six times this semester uh, but the students know
2: yeah. Um, so it it it's just scary. Again, this is October twelfth. That that is um that's where we are on that campus. So hopefully they will do something about it. I'll set up a University of South Dakota news alert, which is something I've never done there to see go. what they're uh, see what they have going on there. All right, real quick here, uh, while we have a couple of minutes, um, I think we have the audio ready, and I think we have time to play this. Um, just kind of end the hour on a bit of a lighter note here. If you don't follow the new, I don't listen to the podcast usually, but clips show up a lot on various formats that I follow the new heights podcast with the Kelsey brothers. Uh, and so in the clip that came out yesterday, because they do video, you can see, you can see the video there, Jason, Kelsey's daughters came in and wanted to, uh, wanted to chat with uncle Travis. This is how it went.
5: I had asked if she could say hi, what come on. Yes. <sighs>
3: Hi, Uncle Trev.
5: What's up, girly? How are you doing? Good. How was gymnastics? What are you wearing? Tell Uncle Trev what you're wearing. A leotard.
3: Ooh, very nicely said. How about those pink shoes from the game? That was fun, huh?
0: Yeah.
5: (laughs) Can Ellie say hi, why?
0: Yeah. Love you, girl.
5: Bye, Uncle Trev. Bye. She's so adorable. Ellie. Hi. Hi. How you doing? You're smiling big. You're making my day. All right, girly. You're going to go take a shower? Yeah. Nighty. Oh, you want to show Uncle Travis your glasses? She's styling. Movie star. <laughs> I love it. I'll be up in a second. We only got two ad reads left. All right, let's make these ad reads last as long as possible.
3: <laughs> nice.
2: It was just very cute. And I just thought, man, if you didn't already love Travis Kelsey, like I could, you couldn't love him more than when he's interacting with nieces. And if he wasn't already maybe in a thing with Taylor Swift, this is a one-minute dating profile. Just put this out there, and the women will swoon over something like that. Yeah,
3: and and she apparently has because, yes, the rumors are true. She is expected to be at Geehaw Field at Arrowhead tonight. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what kind of hype there is. I mean, this is the first test we've had in a couple of weeks, right, to see just how much time they spend uh, turning the cameras over to Taylor
2: uh he may not be on the field tonight um, he yeah. practiced earlier this week but it, we don't know yet if he's gonna be um in the game tonight so we'll see if he's there where he is uh speaking of taylor swift it's just n- worth noting the premiere of the eras tour movie was last night um she went last night and it was a cool event beyonce was there and she gave beyonce a lot of credit for helping her in her career and that kind of thing they moved up the opening date Where it was going to go in theaters nationwide. It was supposed to be tomorrow. Now it's today. So, again, you're going to have a couple of days of she may be here for the game. Movie premieres today. By the Um, way. Yeah.
3: And did, did you hear that they are some theaters, some theater chains are relaxing their rules about cell phone use in the theaters during these things?
2: No, but I'm going to hate where this goes.
3: Yeah. Marcus Theaters wants you to have the ability. Now, we don't have any Marcus Theaters here in town. I think the closest ones are Eastern Missouri, uh, St. Okay. Louis area, and you know down to Cape Girardeau. Uh, but they're one of the chains that's doing this. They're allowing you to bring in your cell phone and take a selfie with the movie screen as though you're at a concert.
2: Remember how I went off about the hologram concerts? Uh-huh. That's what this feels like.
3: <laughs> yes. You're supposed to really pretend you're there, but you're not there.
2: It's not the real thing. It's, it's not the real thing. That will just be, that'll be annoying. And expect it to feel like a concert experience if you're going to go, because that was the point. I mean, she wanted to keep ticket prices low. She wanted theaters to fill up. She didn't want there to be empty seats in the theaters when this is shown because she wants it to feel like one of her concerts. Okay. I, I guess if you want that experience, then go for it. It's the highest, however they're using numbers, highest selling uh, concert movie of all time.
3: My my hope is that some of these kids are going to use their flash on their cell phone, <laughs> so they'll end up with a blank screen behind them. I think that's going to be the best part.
2: Very nice. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, coming up, we'll switch gears in the next hour. Expansion continues for Veterans Community Project. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ.